Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Mile High Huddles, Chad Jensen, and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Leary, caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser, Fumangali from the University of Wisconsin. Third and goal of the one, Lindsey is in, Janovich the fullback. Janovich, hit, nice big hit there by Kendrick. He continues to dig, he's not, they call a touchdown! They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside. Trying to set up the screen to his tight end, Noah Fan. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at the 10. Fan takes it in. Touchdown, Denver. The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. Ends on court. Touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver. And now, here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you exercise the demons of another doomed season. I have exercised the demons. This house is clear. Okay, and we are live. Welcome in, everybody. To the Huddle Up podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, just, oh, I don't know, within the hour of us going live here tonight, the news broke from Ryan O'Halloran of the Denver Post that the Denver Broncos are, or interviewed, not are interviewing, but they did interview today, John Pagano for the outside linebackers coaching vacancy, which of course was created when Brandon Staley, who followed Fangio over from Chicago, 
took the defensive coordinator job under Sean McVay with the LA Rams, of course, replacing Wade Phillips. It's crazy how incestuous the whole thing right. you know, the NFL really is. But John Pagano, most fans can remember, even if the, you don't know the name right off the top, you can remember those Chargers defenses during the years in which the Bron- Peyton Manning was in Denver, for example. Those Chargers defenses were coordinated by Pagano. In fact, outside of his last stop, Zach, which was you know this last year or two with Houston Texans, his previous six years he spent as a defensive coordinator. And he's he's worked under Fangio before back in Indianapolis. Your thoughts if the Broncos end up landing or hiring John Pagano? I like this move, Chad. You're getting a guy who is a defensive coordinator in a lesser capacity, like you got with Pat Shermer, who was a head coach. You got him as a coordinator. So it's another great move by the Broncos, and combining that with a Rich Hurtado move as their new cap expert, I actually really like the direction the Broncos are going with their coaching staff this year. Under Vic Fangio in the second season, they're going for experience, and they're kind of fine-tuning certain areas of the roster and, and the coaching staff to go with it. They don't want inexperience. Brandon Staley had he wasn't the most inexper- inexperienced guy. Same with Scangarello. They wanted some guy who is legit NFL know-how, legit NFL resume, and you're getting a guy with uh, pedigree, a guy with familial ties to Chuck Pagano. I just I like this move a lot if it goes down, Chad. I think the Broncos linebackers are already good. Obviously, Vaughn and Chubb, they can certainly stand to get better. I would like this. I would sign off on it. I'm wondering why he's wanting to leave Houston. I mean, even though in Houston he wasn't the coordinator, it was Romeo Cornell. There's an opportunity for him there, other than, you know, the only logical explanation being that his contract's up, so he's exploring his options, but still it makes me wonder why the Houston Texans would want to let him go because he is an experienced coordinator in this league. And you're right, man. Like this is if he ends up landing him, just the the 180 Vic Fangio has made just over the last, let's say, three weeks in terms of firing Scangarello, bringing in Pat Shermer, firing TC McCartney, bringing in Mike Shula, and now, of course, you know, letting Staley go. Take that upward mobility, go get your job promotion, go make your name in the NFL, and possibly getting a guy like John Pagano. Now, John's never been a head coach, but he's been a defensive coordinator. He's been a coordinator, and the wealth of experience and expertise on both sides of the ball now for for Fangio is phenomenal. Yeah, and and, um, I I just really like the way that the Broncos are are forming their coaching staff. I wouldn't read too much in the Houston letting him go from that because they just gave Bill O'Brien general manager role too. So I wouldn't put too much stock in how the Texans hierarchy is operating with their coaching staff. If the Broncos can get this guy who has way more experience than Brandon Saley, who I think has produced more at the NFL level and get more out of their linebackers, I am all for this move. I really like the way Elway is attacking this coaching staff with experience and combining that with a still a second-year head coach of Vic Fangio. It's a good dynamic to have. Absolutely. Guys, this is all about the Mile High Mailbag, of course. This is our favorite episode each and every week, being able to engage with you guys, answer your questions, participate in the conversation with Broncos country. And we are your football priests, and so we're going to get to your questions here in just a second. First, though, just a couple of quick matters of business, you guys. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. If you're not on Twitter, go get on Twitter and follow at Huddle Up Pod because it's simply the best way to stay on top of everything that's happening with the show in real time. Also, your Denver Broncos breaking news nowadays doesn't come out on the radio, doesn't come out in the newspaper, doesn't come out on TV. It always hits Twitter first. So if you don't have a Twitter account, saw some comments on this the other day in one of the streams. Hey, you know, I'd follow you, but I'm not on Twitter. Why aren't you on Twitter, dude? Like, make it happen. On YouTube, but you're not on Twitter. Love you, but take care of that. 
And then don't forget also head on over to Apple Podcasts when you get some time. Leave a creative review and rate the show. Give us a five-star rating if you like what Zach and I are doing. It's a great organic way to support this show. And it also, of course, enters you into our monthly giveaway, some swag, a hat, a shirt, a hoodie, whatever it might end up being. We'll announce the winners from January uh, early next week. And then one other reminder, guys, we are working on that merch store. As we talked about earlier this week, You know, we basically just rushed to get it up. At first, there was only one shirt on it, the same shirt that you've seen Zach wear and myself wear, and that we've gotten out to a bunch of our Super Chat superstars. And right now, it's everything white, and it's a similar design, but there's a couple of hoodies. Um, men's hoodie and girls hoodie. If you guys want to check that out, I'll put it in the comment stream. But over the weekend, we're going to be adding significantly more products, including hats with new logos, uh, different colored shirts, the whole nine yards. So bookmark it, check back, even if it doesn't meet your fancy today. I mean, we, the only reason we even got this up guys is because of your demand. So go check it out and, uh, you know, do with it as you will. But this is the overtime podcast network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Listen, this is the time of the week that we look forward to most. As I said, we take a peek inside the Mile High Mailbag because we are your football priests. And each and every week, Zach and I are here to offer you the absolution and the answers to your burning Broncos questions. And I'm going to start with Shooter McGavin. Who do you think is going to score first in the Super Bowl? Zach, is it going to be the Chiefs or is it going to be the Niners? I'm going a Kansas City field goal. That's where I'm going with. I think the Chiefs will score first, but that that Niners defense is going to tighten up from the beginning. So I'm going with the Chiefs field goal as the first score of the game. I think it will be the Chiefs who draw first blood. And as much as I'm rooting for the Niners, I just don't know that they're going to be able to contain this momentum that 
the Chiefs have with with Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people, <clears throat> many of whom I trust and I, I respect their opinions, say, you know, defense wins championships. I'm just not 100% convinced yet that this is a championship caliber defense, as good as it is, and I hope they prove me wrong. And I, and I think they're going to have a chance to, of course, uh, two days from now, Super Bowl Sunday. By the way, before we grab this next question, I also wanted to ask you, Zach, if you saw now, of course, Radio Row leading up to the Super Bowl is a great tradition in the NFL where the biggest radio stations, or I should say the biggest shows on the, on the biggest radio stations in all the NFL markets, they travel and take their show down to wherever the Super Bowl is being held this year. It's in Miami. And you just got a who's who from NFL and different celebrities and whatnot, analysts, media, walking down Radio Row, just going from one radio stop to the next, doing quick hits. Anyway, Shelby Harris appeared with uh, Big Al and JoJo on KOA earlier this week. And I'm, I was just getting around to reporting this news at milehighhuddle.com, an article not long before we went live with the pod. But Zach, I wanted to get your thoughts on his specific quote in terms of, you know, what, what are the odds? Do you even want to come back to Denver? Of course, Shelby Harris, for those who don't realize it, unrestricted free agent here in March, he'll be able to choose where he goes, who he signs with, et cetera. Here's what he said, Zach, quote, I want nothing more than to be back. But at the end of the day, I realize it's a business. I'm 28. At the end of the day, I hate to say it, it is about the money. I hope the Broncos can come with it. I hope the Broncos can make a market value offer. I would love to stay here. I'm not 24, 25, where you're probably going to get a third contract. Um, at this point, who knows? I only have the right now. I don't ever want it to be like, oh, I don't want to come back to Denver. I would love to come back to Denver, but at the end of the day, I've got to take care of my family. I've got to take care of my kids. This is about generational wealth. This is about making sure that my kids' kids will be good. For me, that's more important than anything, close quote. And Zach, the last thing, and then I'm going to serve this over to you. According to SpotTrack, Shelby Harris's market value entering the 2020 free agent period is $11.7 million annually, so nearly $12 million. And so I ask you, were his six sacks and his nine tip passes to you, that production, was it worth paying him to bring him back at $12 million nearly per year? I mean, I just compare that to the fact that if you bring back Derek Wolf, what is he going to want on the open market? Is he going to want nine or ten? If the difference is negligible, I'm going with a younger guy with more upside and Shelby Harris. And I just believe that's the way the market goes, Chad. I think eleven million dollars a couple years ago for a defensive lineman wouldn't have been would have been a little overpaying, but now it's it's as the market goes. So I'm a big Shelby Harris fan, and I thought this was very refreshing and honest coming from him that said, listen, I'm not a young guy. I got to take care of my family. I deserve to be paid commiserate to my value. And he wasn't beating around the bush. It's it's very honest and it's very refreshing, whereas a lot of these guys just tow the company line and spout out cliches and want to say, no, I'll do what's best for the team. No, he wants what's best for himself. He's had a couple breakout seasons in a row now. He's established himself among the best, uh, you know, past past defending defensive lineman in the NFL and he knows that he's going to get paid either in Denver or elsewhere so I like these comments they didn't dissuade me I would say that I would open up the checkbook for Shelby Harris I know a lot of people disagree with that but I think he's worth it and uh, I like the way he's approaching free agency see I wouldn't I don't think he's worth the 12 million bucks only because his his impact now listen I don't want to take anything away from him because he has made he just he's one of those players, Zach, and I know this is why you like him a lot too, that just finds a way to make that pivotal play when the chips are down. We've seen it happen with him multiple times. Just off the top of my head, the blocked kick against the Chargers in the season opener a couple of years ago, the interception in the end zone against the Steelers to ice the win, 
this season finale against the Raiders, blocking the you know the uh, when they went for a two point conversion, he tipped the pass, incomplete Broncos win. So he has that knack. Question is, what's it worth? Because when it comes to consistent production at the point of attack as both a run defender and also as a pass rusher, to me, he's just too inconsistent to to be worth that twelve million bucks. Now, would I shed any tears if the Broncos end up paying him and giving him the money? No, because I think you're he's he's still in that crescendo on the way up in, as far as his career. I think he's got another two or three years similar to what you saw this past season. And the Broncos figured out how to use him best after they kind of screwed up at the beginning of the year, miscast him as a nose tackle. Once they realized the error of their ways, surprise, surprise, he started producing. But as much as I'd like him, I just can't come around to that $12 bucks. sack. That's the, that's the only issue. Yeah, I mean, it's it's separated from my opinion versus what the Broncos, I think, will do. I think right. he is worth the money, but I don't think Elway's going to pony up that money. So that's why I think that there's a distinct possibility that both Shelby Harris and uh, Derek Wolf are gone in free agency. And also Adam Gotsis, another free agent. So the Broncos going to have a whole makeover along their along their defensive line. But $12 million, it's it might be a little pricey on the service, but you figure three-year, $36 million for Shelby Harris – it doesn't seem like that much when you put it together. I want to see how Hurtado would structure it, though. That's also why I'm, I'm thinking, how is he going to approach free agency? How is he going to approach the Broncos' in-house guys that need new contracts? Obviously, Justin Simmons is number one, but Shelby Harris is, is a distinct number two. So we'll have to see how it plays out. By the way, we uh, did not say hello to those of you who are hanging out in the room before we went live. Buona Beast, Stu McPeak, Ryan, Christy, Cody, Jose, all you guys, welcome in. All of our listeners and viewers currently appreciate you joining us. Let's dive back in here to the questions. We got a bunch of super chats coming in. We're going to grab those here. Let me jump down. Ron jumped in first with a $5 donation on super chat before we even went live. Ron, we appreciate you, brother. Seriously, that means a ton, buddy. Thank you. Let's see what else we've got here by way of questions. It is the mailbag. And the comment stream just went all the way to the bottom. Bear with me. Here we go. All right, let me find the next question I see. I'm going to take it. Let's go here. A lot of great questions, a lot of great conversation. Let's see. Here we go. Oh, we got we have to address this one every time. <laughs> Jeff, it comes down to which one of us logs in first to the streaming yeah. service we use. Is if it's if it's me, well, you can see. The way you see it on the screen, whoever's on the left, that's who got here first. Nine times out of ten, I'm the one that sets up the stream, so I'm the first one in the room. Today I set up the stream, walked away, came back. Zach was waiting, so that's how it shakes out. Uh, Beast, how do you say pecans? I guess I just answered your question. Pecans. Well, how do you, how do you say that, Zach? I say pecan. Pecan pie. It's just yeah. tomato, tomato. I think it's it just all is contingent on what part of the country you hail right. from. Um, all right, let's see here. Guys, Eclipse, awesome listener of the show jumps in. $5 donation on Super Thank you, Chat. Thank you, Appreciate bro. You. He says, happy Thursday, Priest. Been missing the lives, but catching the recast the next day. Just checking in. Peace from Philly. Thanks, brother. We yeah. appreciate your support. It means a ton, man. Um, let's see what else we got here. Okay. Lots and lots of comments and conversation. No questions, so let's jump back to Eclipse. $5 donation, my man. He says, haven't heard anyone mention this yet, but the AFC West is 0-3 versus the NFC West in the Super Bowl. Do you guys think mm. that streak will continue on Sunday? You know, I didn't even realize that. I yeah. didn't know that, Zach. What do you Same. think? I didn't know that either. That's a pretty interesting uh, statistic there, but I'm still – it doesn't sway me. I think you and I share a brain there. We're taking the Chiefs in this game. I think they're going to be the ones that break the uh, – 
the the schneid here. So I'm still sticking with Kansas City as much as it pains me. Yeah, I mean, again, my head says Kansas City, my heart says San Francisco. Um, all right, Geo Vandermark jumps in ten dollar donation Thank on you. Super Chat. Can't wait till more merch. Don't forget size three XL. That's a good point, Zach. I noticed in this, you know, that the system we're using for to list the merch, you actually we have to go an extra step to create that or to offer that as an option. So I'll make sure we go back in and, and do that. And Gio, thank you so much, brother, for, for the donation, for your support. It means a ton. Let's see here from Michael Ludy on Facebook. Apologies if I got your name wrong. He says, I'm 35 obsessed with football since uh, four. I've never seen a more dominant playoff run by a defensive player than Vaughn's. What are your opinions? I agree. Like it's up there. We've seen dominant runs by overall units, Zach. Like, I mean, you can think back. This is cliche by now, but, you know, the Legion of Boom in 2013, the Seattle Seahawks, going back to the Raiders, or excuse me, the Ravens in that super, the first Super Bowl that they won with with Ray Lewis, even the Tampa Bay Bucks in whatever year that was, 02 or 03. Mm-hmm. There have been some dominant units, but I think you actually have to go back to Lawrence Taylor in the playoffs back in the late 80s to match what Von Miller did on an individual level that year in 2015. I mean, he got a lot of help, and that was, a, I think, an all-time defense, Zach, that the Broncos fielded, but he was the tip of the spear, no doubt. Yeah, Lawrence Taylor was literally flashing through my mind during the while I was reading that question, and the Broncos' defense is one for the ages. The Broncos' defense won them the Super Bowl, but Von Miller was the catalyst of that defense, and the way the Broncos just tore through the AFC playoffs and tore through Cam Newton, it was one of the best defensive performances, I agree, I have ever seen in my you know, 28 years of watching football. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Here's one from Cartoon777s on YouTube. 
I don't want to have to hear how invincible KC is for another 15 years. I like the fact that the Broncos are the only team in our division that has won it in the last 40 years. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's been a nice little bragging rights thing. Even when, you know, this team's been down in the dumps, the Raiders can talk smack, the Chiefs can talk smack, the Chargers can talk smack. And you, and the and the obligatory response from Broncos fans is, well, you know, uh, when's the last time you guys won a title? You know, we've we've won three since 1997, and they, I mean, you win the argument, boom, right then and there. There's nothing they can say; they can't come back. It's it's shameful, but there's a solid chance. You guys got to get ready for this. There's a possibility yeah. that Mahomes is going to get one on Sunday. I hope it doesn't happen, Zach, but it's a distinct possibility. And even if they don't win this game, it, it's plainly obvious this is the Chiefs division for at least the foreseeable future. I mean, the Broncos, they won a title, but that was now a half a decade ago. So it's what have you done for me lately? That's what the NFL stands for, not for long. And, and NFL fans have a short memory. So regardless of the game on Sunday, this is the Chiefs division until the Broncos knock them off the top of the mountain. We'll have to see how that happens in 2020 if it does happen. I mean, you guys have to remember, we're not saying – it's not like we're on the Chiefs' jock here. It's just the reality of the situation, and it irks Elway. It irks everyone in that Broncos locker room that they haven't beaten them since Patrick Mahomes took over. They haven't beaten them since week two of the 2015 season. And so for us to sit here and say, you know, yeah, the Broncos have a chance, we might believe they have a chance, but they have to get out there and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this last season, you know, they seem to regress in terms of how – how close they were to the Chiefs. You know, they ended up from losing by a single score the year prior under VJ and and uh, Case Keenum. They were getting blown out both games. So I don't say that to depress anybody. I want you. I want you all to stay on a positive note. All I'm saying here is, until they get it done, Chiefs have bragging rights. And yeah. if they win on Sunday, they're going to have additional bragging rights. But the flip side of that coin, Zach, is things are moving in the right direction. You landed your franchise quarterback. You got to build a nest. What they do in this offseason and free agency and the draft could greatly determine if and how quickly they can actually go blow for blow with the Chiefs in the regular season. I mean, the Broncos can't operate like they want to be the new Kansas City Chiefs. They have to be the new Denver Broncos, and they can't want to be let Drew Locke be Patrick Mahomes. They have they got to let Drew Locke be Drew Locke. So if they can do that and play to their strengths, they can compete next year. I believe them that they will. I believe they'll be in the wild card race. But the division, until, like you said, until they knock them off, until they beat them and beat them soundly, it is the Chiefs' division to lose. And they're only going to have a tighter grip on the division, of course, if they win Sunday. Antonio Aragon jumps in. A $10 donation you, on Super Chat. Thank you, sir. Feels great to have hope in our offense again. Hashtag Broncos country. Amen to that. That's what I'm saying. Amen to that. That's the thing is like, even under Rich Gangarello, I forget now off the top of my head what it was well over. I think it was 21 points and change they averaged with Drew Locke as the as the starter. And that's considering one of those games, they only scored three points in the snow against the Kansas City Chiefs. So that offense was significantly trending up, even with Rich Scangarello. So the changes they've made to scheme and coaching on that side of the ball with Shermer and Shula on top of whatever they're able to do in free agency in the draft. Yeah, it feels like the offense is inching closer, Zach, to – being able to carry more than their fair share of the water for a while. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You you can't the Broncos shouldn't want to be the new Kansas City Chiefs. They have to just stick to themselves and be true to themselves. And it's looking like the Broncos have a franchise quarterback. Just revel in that. Do what you have to do. Support your team. Build around your team. And you can go blow for blow with the Kansas City Chiefs. Just don't want to become the new Chiefs. What we've seen from the Broncos, this is a totally new day and age from them. New quarterback, new coaching staff, new way of thinking, new way of operating. That's what's encouraging, regardless of the results of the previous couple seasons. 
Christy jumps in with a $10 donation. We appreciate you, you, Christy. It's good to see you. Um, and a little conversation about my wardrobe, my closet, <laughs> my my swag. <laughs> I don't know. Is it the, is it the different hats that I wear? I, uh, it's the only thing I can I can think of because my my uh, wardrobe is surprisingly basic. I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm 40 years old and I have kids, and uh, it's not my first focus. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm paying 80 dollars for a pair of freaking basketball shoes for an 11 year old or whatever, right? That's like when you're a parent. All that money goes to the to the kids, and you're just kind of like you know making do. But I do have some swag. I do have some swag in my office here, in my closet, in my locker, if you will. But there's <laughs> even more coming on the on yeah. the uh, merch store. So keep an eye out for that. Let's see what else we got here. Stu, super chat superstar number one jumps in ten dollar donation. That's too much for Harris. Going back to the fact that Spot Track has his estimated value on the open market this year at $11.7 million, but it wouldn't break my heart if we keep them. And that's basically my, my perspective here, Stu is for me, it's just a, it's just a bridge too far, but it, I'm not going to, you know, it's not going to break my heart if they end up grabbing him. I, like I said, I think he's worth the money, but I don't think Elway's going to pony up for a non-premium position when they just used a, you know, a second rounder to Marcus Walker, a third rounder on Draymond Jones. They might bring back Derek Wolf. They might draft a defensive lineman like Kinlaw. So I don't foresee if he wants twelve million. If he's like holding firm on that number, I don't see Elway coming up to his number. He'd have to come down to Elway's. And the comments Shelby Harris made today or recently says it's not going to happen. Jerry on Facebook says, if we've got the money, I'd pay to get Chris. Well, I guess you're talking about Shelby Harris. My bad. I misread that. I'd pay to get Harris back. Dude is clutch, and that's big. And, Jerry, I agree with you that that's the one thing that I keep coming back to that I could convince myself if the Broncos did pay him is, you know, he's simply a guy that finds a way to make plays when the chips are down, and you got to love that. Mark jumps in. $5 donation. Thank you, Mark. One of our Super Chat superstars. He says, what's up, my guys? When is Elway's contract up? Also, who seeks ownership for the Broncos? You know them, you love them. <laughs> it's hashtag Chad Gaines is that kind. Um, <laughs> when is con- Elway's contract up? If I'm not mistaken, Zach, it's end of the 2021 season. So he's he's signed up as president of football operations slash GM through 2021. Yeah, I think he he signed his five year extension in 2017, I believe. So it would run it through the uh, 2021 season. And as far as new owners. If the team ends up getting, you know, if if Joe Ellis comes through on his ultimatum or his threat and forces the sale of a team because from the sounds of it and what I'm hearing and what's also probably being reported out there is it doesn't sound like the Bolin children are ever going to unify behind Brittany as the sole, you know, or I should say controlling owner of the team. And so if that's the case, going back to what Ellis said, Zach, back on December 30th, this team's probably cruising for sale. And it, if it happens, it'll be after 2021 would be my guess after the new CBA gets hammered through and all that in the rear view. There's uh, I've, there's one name that I heard. He's De- he's uh Denver billionaire. He came from mm-hmm. Denver. I can't remember what his name is. And I shouldn't even mention it since I can't remember his name, but there are some options out there, but we're still a ways from that happening. Zach. Yeah, plus Jeff Bezos has been thrown out there. That'd be interesting, the the owner of Amazon owning the Broncos. But I have a little more confidence that this will get resolved eventually. There's a lot of in, infighting, a lot of in-house uh, squabbling going on. But I think Brittany will emerge as the owner of the Broncos. I think that's what Pat Bowen wanted, and I think the family can respect his wishes enough to, uh, to uh, make that happen. Jeremy on Facebook jumps in and says, Hey, Zach and Chad, you guys are awesome. 
Appreciate you, Jeremy. Thank you. You think the Broncos will go after Trent Williams from the Redskins? You know, I wish they would, to be perfectly frank with you, Jeremy. I don't, I'm not sure Zach and I agree on that, but I was all for it during the season, like when he was holding out in Washington and especially the way Garrett Bowles started the first half of the season because he didn't really come on strong till down the stretch. I would be all for it. I don't know. Depend. It depends on your view of ultimately of Garrett Bowles. If you think he, right. the magic of Munchak has finally worn off, you know, finally taken effect, and you think what you saw down the stretch from Garrett Bowles is more what you're going to see in the future, then you don't need Trent Williams. As shocking as that is to say out loud, you don't need Trent Williams. If you get Garrett Bowles week nine on, you don't need Trent Williams. But we still just don't know what to expect yet. You can't trust Bowles. So. It, it is a question that has to continue to be in the front of John Elway's mind. If they didn't just give Jawan James a then record-setting contract, I can definitely see Trent Williams being a possibility. But between the money he's going to want, his uh, injury history, his locker room lawyer antics, I don't think he'd be a good mesh in this culture. If they do sign a lineman in free agency, it's going to be like a backup type, a, a mid-tier free agent, and maybe address that position in the draft. So I don't foresee Trent Williams or Brandon Scherf coming to the Broncos from the Redskins. Tim wants to know how do we get a hold of you guys about the merch store? I believe Zach, there's an option to contact us from the merch store itself, or you can reach out to either one of us on Twitter individually, yeah. or you can email us milehighhuddle at gmail.com and we will respond. You can message us uh, individually on on Facebook as well. We try to stay on top of that. Here's Mark jumps in. From YouTube, I'm loving all the new coaching hires so far, but playing devil's advocate, can all these former head coaches and coordinators being in the same room be a negative? Too many headstrong people can hurt a team. It's true that you hear the, you know, too many cooks ruin the broth, Zach. What's your answer here for Mark? I think in this coaching staff, with Vic Fangio still being a defensive-oriented guy, he's only going to his second season as a head coach. I, I tend to believe this is better for him. He can focus on certain areas of the team and not have to be pulling in different directions to make up for the lack of experience on the coaching staff. Offense, certainly. I, I really agree with the Broncos' decision now to kind of usher in some experience and not only get Shermer, but get his right-hand man in uh, Mike Shula. So I don't think it's too many cooks in the kitchen. I don't think it's an impact. The Broncos, uh, Vic Fangio has a very set way of doing things. And I think those under him respect that culture. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Yeah, I agree. Christy says, is Rich Hurtado really a cap wizard? Well, we're not sure about, uh, you know, we don't know if he's, if it's, we're not talking like Harry Potter here, wizard, but he does have, okay, he does have uh, some bona fides, man. Like he's worked both sides of the table. He worked for uh, Todd France, one of the biggest, if not the biggest player agency uh, in in the in the country, and he also worked for Howie Roseman as a salary cap analyst slash, you know, uh, VP executive assistant. So he's got some bona fides. The Broncos believe that he, you know, that he got one over on him a little bit. Like they they respected the job he did for Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Akeem Talib, and they think he's he's going to be that guy. Now we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. But it's also worth noting, Zach, that. Justin Simmons is represented by Todd France. Yep. And so it will be interesting to see whether or not old Rich Hurtado can leverage that, you know, past professional relationship to, to get that, that deal done. I think wizard is subjective, but this is an, another hire. Oops. Another hire the Broncos made where he has experience. He's not just a, a first timer. He's not just a, a rookie or a newbie. He has skin in the game and he's represented on both sides of the table. So wizard will have to find out how he structures his Broncos contracts, but based on his history, I like this hire for Denver. Yeah. Irvin jumps in with a $5 donation on. Thank you, Irvin. Chat. Irvin. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Travis wants to know, on YouTube, he says, I have a question about something. Do you guys see us making the playoffs next year? Mm-hmm. Travis, I think we've answered this question before, but to, to directly get you, because this is the Mile High Mailbag, we're here for you. I give the Denver Broncos better than 50-50 odds of being a wild card team. I'm not I'm not going to say that they're going to win the AFC West. I want to see them at least beat the Chiefs one time before that bold prediction rolls around. But I do think it's on the table. I think it's a it's a realistic expectation as fans – to have for your team going into 2020? If Locke develops on schedule or ahead of schedule, I think 9-7, and seven, Chad, should be the Broncos' floor this season. Anywhere from 9-7 and seven to 11-5, uh, and five, that'd be a playoff caliber record for Denver. How that shakes out, if they get in, that remains to be seen, obviously. But the Broncos should be playoff bound and playoff caliber if Locke steps up and develops as they expect. And keep in mind, you know, we're not just pulling things out of thin air. He went 4-1 and one as a starter. So... You know, you got to be bullish about the direction this thing's heading right. with Locke. Uh, Sleepy702, do you guys think Troy Polamalu deserves to get into the Hall of Fame before Steve Atwater and John Lynch? Zach, let me answer this one first. I definitely think Troy Polamalu deserves to be in before John Lynch, not Steve Atwater, though. Right there with you, yeah. That's as simple as answer as I could I could give you. Yeah, I, as good as Troy was in, in this uh, in the last generation of NFL kind of uh, football, uh, 
Steve Atwater changed the game and changed the position and changed everything for this league for playing defense and playing safety. He absolutely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So does Troy Polamalu. It doesn't have to be one or the other, but unfortunately, uh, the voters think otherwise. So I think Steve will get in eventually, but Troy's going to get in first probably. I still feel optimistic that this is the year for Steve. Maybe that's just my orange-colored glasses, but I think the stars are aligning and the way the Broncos have finally started to get some traction it pisses me off. It, the thought just crossed my head and a, an adrenaline shot through my body that Randy Gratishar was snubbed again. Okay, yeah. But I think this is a this is an opportunity for Steve Otwater this year. Real real good chance that he's going to get that, that knock on his door Saturday night. All right, Buona B says, Hey, Zach, do you think it's hypothetically possible for a team like Denver to trade for Travis Frederick from Dallas? who relatively cheap due to his history. So as far as compensation to get him. Not anymore. He made the Pro Bowl this year coming back from uh, an autoimmune disease that I can't pronounce. So yeah. he's his his value is sky high, and Dallas very much favors its offensive line. They had three Pro Bowl offensive linemen this year alone, and that's just a powerhouse team. Uh, they're not going to move Travis Frederick, though obviously he'd be a great, great pickup for Denver. All right. This stream just pulled a fast one on me again. Bear with me, guys. Let's grab some of these super chats here. We don't want you guys dangling. Bear with me. Okay, Terry, up in Canada, Broncos country is not a geographic location, you guys. It is a state of being, and Terry proves that here. Jumps in with a $10 donation. Appreciate you, Terry. Salutations from the great white north. Amen to that. Thank you. All right, let's see what else we got here. Um, Bear with me one sec. Ron W. jumps in, $2 donation. Thank Thanks you, Ron. again, Ron. Appreciate you. He says, thoughts on signing Randall Cobb and drafting Henry Ruggs. Listen, I, I, I would be interested in either one of those. But again, if it meant drafting Ruggs at pick 15, I'm just not convinced that's the best. It's not that I don't like Ruggs or I don't think he'd be a great fit and compliment to Cortland Sutton. It's a value proposition, basically. With this draft class at wide receiver being so deep, you can afford to do something else in the first round, just go BPA, grab a D lineman, grab an offensive lineman, grab a corner even before wide receiver because in round two or round three, you're going to have guys like today's mock that the, that we per, uh, published at milehighhuddle.com. It was Nick Kendall's first mock of the offseason. He mocked Jalen Rager from TCU to the Broncos in round two, and that's mm. not pie in the sky. Like That's very feasible, realistic possibility. So, again, I like rugs but it's a matter of value and, and what's on the board and what the options are. And Zach, you can speak better to, to the Randall Cobb issue. He's a, he had a really resurgent year in Dallas, and I think he'd be great addition for the Broncos. I, I wouldn't preclude them, though, if they signed Randall Cobb from drafting a receiver either in the first or second round. And I actually prefer if they really want to build up the, the, the war chest, if they really want to build up the weaponry around Drew Locke, get both. Double dip, get a Randall Cobb and get a Henry Ruggs. Then your offense is set. Then you have playmakers everywhere, and you're doing what's in the best interest of your organization. But either or, the Broncos have to get the guy this offseason, either on the open market or the draft. But if they get both, I'm perfectly fine with that. Amen. Broncos fan number 24, our friend Larry jumps in, $15 donation. Thank you, Larry. One of our superstars on Super Chat. Appreciate you. He says Ruggs, Judy, Rager are projected to run four threes or four three wideouts. If there's a fourth speed wide receiver, would you be okay drafting O line or D line with the first pick and grab it? Yes, dude, and grabbing that fourth wide receiver in the second, absolutely. And even if it's not one of these four three demons, but still a really fast guy who can complement skill set wise at the Z position, what Cortland Sutton does at the X. I mean, there's a guy that emerged at the Senior Bowl that you can have later on in Denzel Mims. Uh, 
Jefferson. There's there's a few guys that are are emerging even far. The closer we get to the combine and the draft, more of these uh, wideouts are coming out of the woodworks. It's that kind of a class. That's why I'm saying, you know, get a Javon Kinlaw, get a offensive tackle, get a corner in the first round, and grab your wide receiver early day two, you know, second third round. I think I have a little less aversion to a, a wide receiver in round one than Chad does, but I, I agree. If they can get a Kinlaw in round one and a Rager in round two or another second-tier receiver in round two, I'm all for that as well. But regardless, among the first two rounds, the Broncos have to emerge with that speedy wide receiver too. It, it has to be. They cannot wait to the third, fourth, and fifth rounds and, and minimal, minimalize it. They have to put a premium on that position. Miller 707 champ says, do you guys think if the Lions released Darius Slay that Denver would try to get him? Would he be an upgrade over Chris Harris? I think he would. Now, I'm talking as an outside corner. All right, I think he'd be an upgrade over Chris Harris, a guy that you can line up on the outside against the opponent's number one receiver and win more often than you lose. If it came down to slot and versatility being the biggest thing you're looking for or even run support and tackling ability, there's an argument to be made that that Chris Harris Jr. is you know superior to Slay, but if he does get released by the Lions, you could bet your bottom dollar he's going to be on Denver's radar. He's going to want a lot of money too. He's going to be probably among the highest paid corners in the NFL. So it comes down to again what Elway's number is for these set players, and he doesn't usually come down to that number. They come up to his number. So um, I don't really think that he's going to be an option for Denver regardless. And they have Bryce Callahan who's coming back. We mentioned Chad. He's like a brand new player the Broncos are getting. They spent twenty one million on him as well. So they can either bring back Chris Harris Jr. or or look in the draft somewhere. But I don't see Darius Slay either leaving Detroit or coming to Denver. Ron W. Becoming a superstar today in his own right. Four ninety nine donation Thank on you. Super Chat. Five bucks. Thanks, Ron. I believe we need all of the offensive weapons to compete with KC. What are your thoughts on signing Cobb and drafting Riggs in round one? We addressed that. Um, we addressed that one in your in your previous comment. Thanks again, Ron. Again, it's going to be fun to see how that shakes out. It, the Broncos are going to add speed to the wide receiver position. Yeah. That's a guarantee. So it'll be fun to see how that shakes out. Um, let's see what else we got here. Bear with me. Travis, you talk about your Rockies. We're, we're going to keep it on Broncos. No offense, my brother. Buck and Bronco 58. Let's say the Broncos go under 500 again. Who will lose their jobs? If the Broncos finish on year two of the Vic Fangio regime, sub 500, is that the impetus for mm. the Broncos to do something with Elway? Vic Fangio, I still am not sure, depending on how bad you are under 500, is going to lose his job after two years. But still, that is an interesting question, Buck and Bronco 58. What's your answer, Zach? You know what? If the Broncos have Drew Locke for an entire season and, and Vic Fangio goes 4-12 and 12 or 3-13, and 13, you can't blame injuries, then he can be on the chopping block. I, mean, I can definitely see the Broncos moving on. They moved on after VJ from two years. So uh, Fangio is, doesn't have long-term job security unless he produces. But they're going to be a lot of rolling heads chat if they have – all this hype, and they invest all this money in these resources this offseason, and they go, you know, 5 and 11, 6 and 10. I don't think it's going to happen, but people will lose their jobs if it happens. Not Elway, but anyone underneath him would be in danger. I mean, honestly, I was expecting someone in the front office to be a sacrificial lamb, to be a scapegoat at the end of this season. Even though, you know, they finished strong, I expected maybe Matt Russell, something happened with Matt Russell, maybe yeah. like something like that. But I think that the way they finished this season, thanks to Drew Locke, on such a positive note, you know, the Broncos, despite it's a disappointing finish, seven to nine, but it was second in the AFC West. You know, there's there's enough there 
for John Elway to sit down with Joe Ellis and say, look, I think we're, we're on the right track. Let's not mess with too many things here. You know, Coach Fangio has his uh, purview. If he ends up wanting to make changes, we'll, we'll get behind him. But, like, as far as the front office and losing jobs, let's just not mess with this yet. But all bets are off, man. If, if they have another bad season, you just, you just never know. Um, how it could shake out. Now, Christy jumps back in. $10 donation. Thank, Thank you, Christy. Keep up the amazing Broncos news, guys. We are going to give it our best effort. Let's grab a few more here, guys. And then we got to bounce out for tonight. Cottonmouth78. Have you guys heard the rumors about Brady to Vegas? Yes. Mm-hmm. $5 donation, by the way. Thank you, Cottonmouth78. Um, for those of you who missed it, I apologize. I don't remember the exact source, but it was a radio station in Vegas claimed we don't know the veracity of this this is strictly a rumor okay but they claimed that uh brady purchased some real estate in vegas so if you want to read into that you know the biggest thing the obstacle there if you're john gruden and mike mayock zach is you would be completely putting the kibosh on the Derek carr era Mm -hmm. in oakland if you did go after tom brady and even though it's tom brady you got to really think through that because He's forty. He's going to be forty three by the time the first ball kicks on, you know, in September. You know, last year at the combine, I remember watching Mike Mayock's press conference and thinking they're going to move on from Derek Carr. He's not long for this regime. They want a guy like Kyler Murray or a guy that's going to sell tickets. So I can definitely see that the Raiders changing quarterbacks. I don't think it's going to be with Tom Brady, who, like Chad said, is is getting up there in age and he's not going to be around forever. They don't really want a hired gun Vegas. They want a guy like a Kyler Murray or a Justin Herbert or a Tua, someone who's going to sell tickets. So I can see Derek Carr being on the way out. I don't see Brady going into uh, Vegas. Jordan jumps in. $5 donation on Super Chat. Appreciate you, Jordan. That means a ton. Yes, thank my you. My friend, you've been consistent. You should reach out to us, by the way, Jordan. Milehighhuddle at gmail.com. And uh, let's see about getting you some swag, my friend. Glenn. Who would you, uh, who would be your dream top three free agent signings this offseason? Of course, not currently on the team. Mm. Chris Jones for one. Chris Jones would be the dream. I'd say, I'd say Chris Jones, Byron Jones, Mari Cooper. Boom, done. There it is. That'd be the dream, you guys. That would be the dream free agent hall for this team. It's not going to happen, but it would be the dream. And a playoff clincher for the Broncos if they get those players. Buona Beast, a couple more guys, then we gotta we gotta run for tonight. What teams do you see wanting to bring in Connor McGovern? That's interesting. I haven't given that a ton of thought, to be honest with you, Buona Beast, but um, you know, you 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 probably look first and foremost at the AFC West because as is so often the case, a lot of times when a free agent plays out his rookie contract the teams that are most interested out of the gates are the division foes who have faced him twice a year for four years or whatever it might be. So I wouldn't rule out anyone in the AFC West, but I don't know. I'd have to give that one some thoughts, Zach. Well, keep an eye on the Chargers. They got Okung and they got Michael Schofield, so they like the Broncos' castoffs. That's one team that could protect their young quarterback, whoever they get to quarterback them with a guy like McGovern. But starting caliber linemen in the NFL are so hard to find. Just ask Denver. He's going to get interest on the open market regardless. I can see maybe Gary Kubiak showing interest in him. I can see a lot of the Broncos' former connections uh, reaching out to McGovern. He's going to have a market. He won't reset the, the market, but he will have a market. Yeah, I mean, he thinks he can get $10 million from what I've been told. He thinks he can get $10 million or more on the open market per year. And if that's the case, kiss him goodbye. I wouldn't um, be shocked. 
Yes, uh, exactly. Mark Langley jumps back in $2 donation. You guys are the best always making you laugh that you do, Mark, that you do. And we appreciate it. Keep helps to keep us sharp. Michael on Facebook, one or two more. I know I've said that a couple of times now, but it's so fun talking to you guys. Talent level or talent, talent, top level, speed, wide receiver, pass rushing, defensive tackle, the most important offseason issues to me. What do you guys think? Listen, speed of wide receiver is absolutely one of the priorities, but I wouldn't say that it's like a, you know, like a gaping roster hole, to be honest with you. It needs to be addressed. Don't get me wrong, but like the Broncos could get by without it. What they can't get by with is Bryce Callahan at corner and then a cliff of nothing. So for me, it starts with cornerback, offensive line, yes, wide receiver, defensive line, because there's so many free agents there that might actually take precedent over wide receiver, to be honest with you, for me. But, um, you know, maybe I'll put an article together on this here in the coming days and kind of order how I view the biggest roster needs for the Broncos heading into this this offseason. Yeah, I don't really think pass rushing DT is that big of a need because they'll probably, if they could resign one of Harris or Wolf, they have Demarcus Walker, they have Draymond Jones, they have some talent on the defensive line. But like you said, Chad, offensive line, they don't have anyone behind Garrett Bowles, no one behind Juwan James. They have Ronald Leary probably on the way out. McGovern might be on the way out. That takes the biggest precedent. Anything the Broncos can do to help out Drew Locke, either protecting him or giving him weapons, that's the number one priority this offseason. Larry jumps back in, $2 donation. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Larry. Could you see Denver going after Greg Olson? And this is a good question because the Panthers are parting ways. It was announced today that Olson's done in Carolina. I could see this happening. It would depend on the cost. Now, listen, I know you're thinking, well, why would you need Greg, uh, Greg Olson when you got Noah Fant? Like, you know, you don't need to spend out the wazoo for tight ends. I could see it happening. I just don't think it's likely, Zach, not only because of Noah Fant's presence, but Olsen's probably going to be looking and will be able to find a significant contract. And then you got to factor in also the Shermer, the Shermer issue of, you know, usually the first, the tight ends on the depth chart don't get much t- playing time outside of the first guy. I mean, first of all, I think Olsen's going to retire and he'll be right in the broadcast booth. He's been training for that the last couple of years or so. So I think that's his natural next step for Greg Olsen. Even if he wasn't, though, they don't really need a veteran tight end who's going to take up snaps from the young guys. I want to see Noah Fan develop. I want to see um, if they bring back Hireman, if they, they have Troy Fumagalli, they have Austin Ford coming back, Andrew Beck. I want to see those guys get reps, not an old Greg Olsen who's kind of on his last legs. Fair points. Ron jumps back in. Thanks, Ron. You, Thank you. We appreciate your support, man. $2 donation. It says, I like Isaiah Simmons at 15-2. Your thoughts? Yes. And see, that's that's my point is, you know, you think off-ball linebacker slash safety, you know, hybrid weapon guy. That's not like a glaring need for this team heading into the into this offseason. But if he's on the board and you have a chance at pick 15 to get that blue-chip caliber of a player, you grab him and you don't think twice – especially knowing that wide receivers are going to be had in round two and round three that are going to be impact players in 2020. So, Ron, I'm sharing a brain with you on that. If Simmons falls to 15, the Broncos will think long and hard about taking him. It'd be tough for the Broncos to pass him up. So like Chad's been saying, let the board fall the way it does. The Broncos are pretty much guaranteed to land a player that they need at a premium value at 15. So Simmons would be a great pick, but if he's not there, then you have to look at the next tier, which might include Ruggs. However, however else it plays out. We just don't know yet. Ryan, I saw your question about – here it is. These things aren't known. Um, as far as like coaching contracts, sometimes you'll get information on the deals with head coaches. But assistants and front office people, with very few exceptions, like even GMs oftentimes, the teams keep the terms, you know, the length uh, of the contract under wraps 
we don't know what the exact terms of his hiring were. In fact, it might have simply been a hire and not a not a deal where they sign a contract. Those type of details we just simply don't know, Ryan. Right. Um, it's just not information that gets released and made privy to us in the media. Andy, two dollar donation. Thank you, Andy. Thank Ann. you, Andy. Is twenty twenty uh, is the twenty twenty team going to be all time great all around? Is twenty twenty mm. team going to be all time great all around? What do you think, Zach? It's a bit of a stretch there. I think they're going to be a much better team than we've seen the last couple of years. They might sneak back into the playoffs, but they are, I think, are a few years and a couple more players away from really competing for a title. If they can get there with Drew Locke, if he can develop, they can build the pieces around him. They can be, you know, a Super Bowl caliber team, but all time great. I don't know about that yet. Damian Clark Warren jumps in with a $5 donation. Appreciate that, brother. Um, Christian, this is the last one, guys, and we got to get out of here. On YouTube, what has taken so long to get Justin Simmons a contract? I want him locked up ASAP. Christian, we've been we were saying this late Months. summer last year. Yeah. That, you know, hey, you know, if you got if you got Justin Simmons in your long term plans, now would be a good time to do it because to get him locked up long term because we know that Fangio's scheme is so friendly to safeties. You know, that he was odds are he was gonna have a good season. Now I didn't exactly, Zach, after being so bullish on him in 2017 and 2018 and then have him, you know, not necessarily due to circumstances that were his fault, not quite get or meet those expectations. I didn't expect him to have an all-pro caliber year, but it doesn't necessarily surprise me just knowing the type of production Fangio gets. So what's taken so long? Well, up to this point, Justin Simmons, he's probably received offers from the Broncos, not taking anything because he wants to see what the market offers. The Broncos can preclude that from happening, though, Zach by applying a little thing called the franchise tag, which is probably what's going to happen. That'll buy them the time to uh, get him ink long-term, Zach. The last four players, the Broncos have franchise tagged. They went on later in that summer or offseason to sign him to a long-term deal before the season rolled around. I would hate that, though. I mean, just pay the guy. He's deserving of it. He made a, a huge impact this season. He's going to be a, a great star player for many years to come, great in the community, great in the locker room. And if the Broncos would have listened to us, Chad, pounding the table six, seven, eight months ago, they would have locked him down and saved a lot of money versus locking him down on the free agent market coming up. So I, I he deserves a long-term deal, but regardless, either with the tag or a contract, he's remaining in Denver. He's not leaving. All right, one more. I hear your – here we go from Quentin. Do you see Peyton Manning becoming an analyst or taking a front office position in the near future? In the near future, I don't know. He's been offered the world as an analyst. Yeah. Like ESPN's offered him a boatload of money. All of the networks have offered him money, but especially ESPN I know made a strong push. He doesn't need the money, dude. He's, he made over $250 million just in salary in the, in the NFL. That doesn't count any of his endorsements. It doesn't count any of his investments and the side things he did business-wise. The dude, whatever he chooses to do, it's not necessarily going to be based on what is the most financially viable option for me in this moment. You know, like a guy like Tony Romo, for example, he made some serious coin in the NFL too, but a good bet is part of what motivated him to go into media and take that job with CBS was the dollar figures, right? But Peyton Manning is many echelons above a guy like Tony Romo. He doesn't need that money. Not to even say that Tony needed it, but still, it's just not a front brain worry or consideration for a guy like Peyton Manning. I think you're more likely to see, even though Peyton's done some media stuff, like the thing he did for, what, what was it? Peyton's Places or whatever on, and it was NFL.com or ESPN. I forget now, but either way, 
he's done media stuff. He is a media guy. Like he is just so awesome when you get him in front of a camera and he's so smart and charismatic, knows so much about the NFL. But still, I think what he's cruising for, Zach, and why he's biding his time is he does want maybe not necessarily front office, but I don't put that past him, but he's looking for an ownership stake somewhere. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And wasn't there a rumor he was, you know, considering a, a Senate position? I mean, he can do whatever he wants. He's Peyton Manning. The world's yeah. at his fingertips. So I don't see him becoming an analyst in the slightest. He can do much more than that and offer much more than that. I'm with Chad. I don't even see GM as being Peyton's what he's shooting for. I see an owner. I mean, someone who's a legit owner of an NFL franchise. He can stake the money. He has the pull. He has the connections. I think that's what Peyton's waiting for. But until then, he's enjoying his life with his kids and, and having money and being a retired, uh, you know, future Hall of Famer. And honestly, as a father, I can tell you, he timed his retirement pretty good, too, as far as his kids are concerned. You know, he's there for him right now as they're, you know, they're not even quite 10 years old yet. They're still young. Like, he's getting that quality father time. By the time they hit teenage years, another three, four, five years, whatever it might end up being, I don't know their exact ages of, of Mosley and Marshall, but by the time they get to that, that age, Zach, where they don't want to even talk to dad, you know, they're teenagers, it's F you dad, it's F you mom, I'm going to live my own life. Friends become more important than family for a little window of time. Most of you are nodding your heads right now. When that time comes, maybe that's when Peyton really makes a push, but he just doesn't seem, Zach, to be all that motivated or interested in doing so. And Terry says, jumps back in $2 to, uh, donation up in Canada. Thank you, Terry. Great Q&A, everyone. Hashtag state of mind. That's right. It is what it is. And Sleepy702, this is the best podcast. I love how you involved, uh, how involved you guys are with your listeners. Thank you. We appreciate yeah, it. It's, it's so much fun for us. We love it. It's, it's so much fun. And even now, like, we, I got to go. But I don't want to go. I want to stay here and hang out and talk with you guys and talk with my partner here, Zach. It's so much fun. But unfortunately, guys, I got to get going. Um, you know, they say, Zach, marriage is grand. Divorce is 20 grand. And I got to mm. I got to heat that call. You know what I'm saying? Not really. <laughs> but, but I got things cooking with the fam. So, guys, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up podcast. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you are following the show on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. It's simply the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a creative review and rate the show. Check out the merch store when you get some time. And then also make sure you're following my partner here on Twitter, at Kelberman NFL, and then myself, at Chad and Jensen. One other thing I want to throw your way, guys, is maybe I'll run a Twitter poll, another reason why you should follow the show on Twitter. But because I don't have time to sit and read all the comments right now. You can comment in the video after the fact and let me know. But we're we're trying to decide whether or not to have a podcast going live on Friday nights. Now, that's typically unless Zach and I, something comes up, we can't get there Thursday. I mean, we've podcasted occasionally on Fridays. It's rare, but it's been the one night that's kind of been open. But we're considering having Dove Valley Deep Divers do a podcast Friday night and then also doing a podcast Saturday day. Is that something that you guys would be down for? Because I know a lot of people, you know, Friday Friday after work, you're you're off doing things. You're out and about. You're, you know, out on the town, whatever it might be. Maybe that's not the best time for you. So if you guys want a podcast Friday, we already know Dove Valley Deep Diver is going to be going Saturdays. But if you want a, a, an actual podcast live, Friday night's usual time, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern, holler, hit us up, let us know in, on social media, and we'll uh, we'll factor that in. But Zach, dude, have a great weekend, my brother. You as well. I'll see you Sunday. And uh, thanks for everyone tuning in tonight, guys. We'll see you Sunday night for another great interactive pod. A mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars. Thank you guys guys. so much. 
And as Zach said, we'll be back in the saddle on Sunday, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. In the meantime, you will have Dove Valley Deep Divers for sure Saturday at uh, 1 p.m. Mountain, 3 p.m. Eastern, and then a new uh, podcast version only. So, you know, recorded version of Building the Broncos to look forward to. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. Guys, we'll talk to you on Sunday. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. I'm Su Lin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.